So are the dicks in fic so large that if they were in real life, it would be unpleasant? Um, or are they like large in the sense of like large acceptable? Because again, I have been led to believe from people who enjoy encountering penises into their vaginas that, you know, there is an upper limit. Yeah, um, I think that everybody is different. Well, yes. I mean, okay. it's like the, the key point, but like, yes, there can be too large. But does, <laughs> but does fic like... Or or is every girl in fic have have a very high cervix so nobody you know that the, the size it, of the dick does not become an issue like it is does everyone have magical genitalia? I think I think it is like it is like in alternate universe fan fiction, everyone has like a giant dick and it's not a problem <laughs> unlike real life. <laughs> so it is a world um, in which the dick is huge and it's not a problem. Yeah, because you don't have to fuck it yourself. You can just read about somebody else fucking it and liking it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, good for her. I'm glad yeah, get it. I'm glad it's not hitting her <laughs> cervix. everyone and welcome to May We Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Shaheen and I'm joined today by my uh, fantastic co-hosts, <laughs> Joe and Pops. Hello. Hello. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on Twitter at May We Geek Again or at MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. Uh, we also post the episodes on Reddit uh, on Mondays, so uh, go check it out. We have very long conversations there. I forgot to re- respond to like anyone this week. Hopefully, you guys like <laughs> picked up the slack. I felt I looked through and I was like, "Oh my god, that's a lot of words. I have too much work to do." Okay, bye. And then I closed the I, tab. <laughs> I did do a lot of Reddit replies. Thank you. Um, the one thing I I didn't um, do much of SoundCloud, but what I really like about the SoundCloud was is is there's a timestamp. Yes, because sometimes, like, when I get these, like, like you know, walls of comments that are, are amazing because everyone is so smart. But I don't remember what the like fuck so I said. Yeah, I'm like, ah. Uh, <laughs> like, someone mentioned, like, um, Shaheen. <laughs> oh, my God, Bondi. Um, mentioned that Shaheen <laughs> said Catalonia or Catalan or something. Yeah. And I was like, when did we say that? <laughs> I know, I have She's- no memory of that. <laughs> and I was like, did we say that? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right. Sorry. I'm sorry. apparently the only one who remembers what was. Well, because you edit it. I never listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I listen some. I usually listen, but I'm, be- I'm behind right now. Oh, God. I think I'll remember even if I, if I didn't edit it. Anyway, this is episode sure, sure. 66 uh, of our podcast. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about The 100, season six, episode mm-hmm. four. Mm hmm. Great to have you guys here. Um, so we usually go around real quick and give a brief uh, introduction of ourselves, um, where, where we're from, what we do, etc. And today we're doing a little um, icebreaker game of, of two, two truths and a lie. So um, please do that. <laughs> also, <laughs> let us know what you're drinking slash whatever uh, administering to yourself. Um, so I'll go first. Uh, my name is Shaheen. 
Uh, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm a doctoral candidate at the University of uh, Pittsburgh. I study philosophy of physics and history of physics. Um, and okay, my two truths and a lie. <laughs> um, I'm colorblind. I'm an activist. I'm twice divorced. Oh damn! I, okay, so I know that, <laughs> I know that you are colorblind. Activist, yes. I feel like you are very particular with words, so this could be a trap. And I know you've uh, been divorced once, but yeah. I wouldn't put it past you to have not told us about your second divorce. <laughs> I'm going to say my guess. Say- Which one are you going to do? The activist. I was going to do the twice divorced. <laughs> Who's right? Jill wins. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, you go, Bubs. Okay. So my name is Bubbles. I live in New York. Um, I have a dog who you've undoubtedly already heard several times in this podcast. Um, and my two truths and a lie are, um, okay. One, I was once questioned in a murder investigation. Two, one time a math teacher liked my homework so much she printed it out and had everyone review it. Three, one time in class I sneezed and farted at the same time and blamed it on the kid sitting next to me. (laughs) I'm going to go with number three is the lie. Shaheen? Yeah, I'm torn between one and three. Um, But, um, yeah, um, I feel like this is one of those things, like, one is kind of outrageous, but that could also mean it's it's a trap. But um, it could also mean that you put it there. It is false, but you you thought we would think that it's a trap and we wouldn't (laughs) choose it. Um, uh, Since Joe picked... Three, I'm going to pick one. So Shaheen wins. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you to be questioned in a murder investigation, though. <laughs> like, like you signed up for a gym membership when you were super drunk. That's like, true. this seems logical. That's true. Right, right. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, actually, like, very flattered that both of you just assumed number two is real. Even, I mean, it is. But like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I knew that you were good at math, so that wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And some, yeah. I mean, it definitely helped being picked on. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. All right. Did you go? Shit. No, I didn't go. Um, (laughs) My name's Joe. I am a web developer based out of Austin, Texas. Um, You rarely will hear my cats yelling on the other side of my office door, but it has been known (laughs) to happen. Um, My two truths and a lie. Let's see here. Um, Okay. Um, I, let's, sorry, I can't read my own handwriting, and so, yeah. (laughs) Um, I... You should have written it with your hands anyway. What? I don't understand why you still write stuff with your hands. I know, this was a huge mistake, I can't read it. (laughs) Um, You're not a doctor. How how about, how about one of my, uh, my lies would be I have excellent handwriting. Um, uh, okay, so... Here we go. Two truths and a lie. Number one, um, I sucked my thumb for a long period of time and I had to get a retainer for it. Um, My favorite vegetable is, sorry, number two, my favorite vegetable is green bell peppers. And number three, I swallowed a penny in preschool. I think bell peppers are not your favorite vegetable. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I did a bad we, job. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I think you told me one time that you that oh, bell you, peppers you were, were trash. You paid attention. That's so sweet. Anyway, <laughs> onward to podcast. Wait, what was the first one again? Um, I I used to suck my thumb, and I had to get oh a retainer God. for it. Like to keep I it like keeps your thumb that that keeps your thumb out of your mouth. Um, sometimes I still suck my thumb, so huh. <laughs> thumb suckers united. <laughs> Anonymous. Clearly, oh, I mean not not now. Not now. Everyone knows. <laughs> oh, other people should send us icebreaker questions. Hey, five oh, audience yeah. members, so we don't have to think of them. Ooh, send yeah. us send us an icebreaker question, yeah. and if we use it on the you air, want us to answer. We'll give you shitty credit. Yeah, send us what you want us to answer at the beginning of the podcast. Yep. Okay. Um. So the episode is called "The Face Behind the Glass." Director Tim Scanlon, and writer um Charmaine DeGrat. So let's get into overall takes. Um, Joe, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, so clearly we guessed at least mostly correct last week um, in terms mm-hmm. of sort of like what the like, ooh, thing was. And um, I'm, I'm while that part was not necessarily as much of a surprise, I'm hoping that A, that there's more of a twist coming and B, I am excited to see what Eliza Taylor does with this. Like, I do think that she's a really strong actress on the show and it's been great seeing her play Clark. Um, and sort of yeah. grow into that role. So I'm kind of excited to see her play Body Snatched Clark. Um, so that, that'll that be pretty good. Uh, that That's something that I'm excited about. And then um, I actually also really liked the music this episode. And I know I usually bitch or don't mention the music, but for some reason this episode actually it really worked for me. And then um, last thing... Uh, the CGI sets are getting a bit too much for me. Um, it's kind of it's kind of killing my vibe. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Uh, in, in in what way? Um, it's 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 like they did. It's like they had a hundred dollars to spend. Let's just say that, and they had to hire some new actors. Um, and then they had to have a whole bunch of extras to make this place seem populated, um, you know, and like fill in spaces and stuff. And then we also needed to make a world that looked completely different from Earth. And so at that point, like everything just kind of like, by the time you pay the actors and stuff, you've have like, you know, $3 and 50, about, about tree fitty left over for <laughs> like kind of designing the set and look and feel. And it just looks... Like, the green screen is super obvious. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not super high quality. Um, And I, you know, and I know that, like, it's a CW and so there's budget issues and stuff. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think because it's trying to look so wacky and weird without having, like, a really big sort of robust budget to do something like that, it sort Mm -hmm. of – it – it doesn't quite work the same way as, like, being able to maybe stretch a budget if it just needs to be, like, a normal-looking building. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I making yeah. any mm-hmm. sense here? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. Yeah. It was just distracting. It, it became more distracting to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if this is including what you, you're you saying, but it, it all feels, it all looks like kind of uh, like way too colorful and it's like, you know, kind of like a video game or something. It's like a uh, very um, postcard picturesque. Um, and I... Or dreamlike, and I wonder if that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get that, like, I get what you're saying that, like, lack of budget could also explain it. <laughs> they, they, like, they, 
Uh, they didn't have a lot of tools, so they just used colors to like make the place look dazzling. But um, but I don't know. Maybe it's also on purpose. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure some planet. of it is like being bright and looking basically like an entire place that's like modeled after those Tibetan prayer flags. But like, yeah. it, you know, after a certain point, it's like, oh wow, we can't just make a door. We've got to make it a portal. <laughs> I'm like, really? Is that the most efficient way you could have done this? Um, <laughs> but anyway. I digress. Somebody else can go. Um, uh, yeah, Bob's. Um, yeah, there's stuff that I loved, stuff that I didn't love. Um, I think that it it would have been a really great episode if we didn't know where it was headed because a lot of it was just like waiting for what we knew what was going to happen was going to happen. Um, like I knew that Clark was going to bang the doctor from like the first, the, the second or third episode, whenever we like saw him for the first time, I was like, oh, they're going to fuck and he's probably really? going to die. Yeah. Cause they, they went from Clark's face to his and I was like, oh, we have to remind the audience that Clark is bisexual. So she's. Yeah. You didn't see the, you did not see the Bullark stuff for five seasons. Oh yeah. No, 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 <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt there, but yes. No, it's okay. Um, so I did not see that coming. Um, I mean, I just when I saw him come out, he just seems older than Clark, but like so by like, like a lot. never, yeah. And I don't think the actor is actually, but it's just like the way that it's coded. You know, Clark is a young woman, and this is like a. It reminds me on Dark Angel when Jessica Alba's character starts dating um, Michael Weatherly's character, and the only thing grosser than that because she was a nineteen-year-old with like a horrible like childhood um because she grew up like in a military facility um as like a engineered soldier um but like michael weatherly's character was like 33 and he ends up dating a 19 year old who is emotionally damaged yeah like and i get that and not only that to be 26 now but like the dude she's 26 and the dude and he's 36 yeah, and it was just kind of like, like maybe like dye his hair a little, make him look a little younger. I don't know. It just well, mm. but didn't he kind of look like Jason Rothenberg? And is that awkward? <laughs> <laughs> like a young Jason Rothenberg? I don't know. I've never, I've never tried to hunt down young pictures of J. Roth. But... Same haircut, same facial Honestly. hair, same face shape. <laughs> just like, just, just look at a side by side because I, it definitely struck me while I was watching it. So I did not see that happening. So this episode. I think we knew going into it because of the pictures, the promo pictures. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But we'll talk about this later because I, I do have commentary on that more. Um, and then what else? Um, I think that – so the care – it was nice that they spent time with, like, character stuff. And, again, I'll get into that more. Um, but I think that they're still missing um, the point in terms of what needs to be repaired. Um, and it – this stuff would work really well if we didn't have that work to do. I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, speaking of the guy, going back to the, the Clark's boyfriend, I honestly... Clark's boyfriend, wow. He, what the promotion? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> so, I watched the episode twice, and I still honestly have no fucking clue who this guy was. Um, he was. Their, I know he was a traitor and whatever, but like he was their doctor. Was we we saw yeah. him. He was the one that like did the venom. Yeah, I know he like yeah he examined them, but I, so he's a doctor. Like I wasn't sure who 
the guy a healer he's their he's their doctor person (laughs) either way he's dead so i mean what kind of doctor like checks you out in the corner of the hallway um one with bad patient privacy (laughs) one on a show with only so many sets that's also yeah they're like well we built this whole diner this is where everyone hangs out now it is like the coffee shop on that show friends we do the character (laughs) interactions here This is where a character can be alone and brooding. This is where a character can have a good time and eat a cookie. It's 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 it's, it's, it's a melting pot. Yeah. Um. So as far as my overall take, um, I, I mean, you guys basically said everything. I, I also uh, felt like a lot of the drama, um, fell flat because everything was telegraphed and we knew what was going to happen. But I also wonder to what extent that was because of extraneous information that we had that technically someone who just watches the show would not know about. What do you mean? Um, I feel like we didn't really get much in the way of spoilers or anything. Well, there was a whole, you know, Clark being like uh, acting challenge and stuff. And then um, there was stuff in the trailer that indicated it. Um, you know, you remember you guys were like, is that Clark with a different personality or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So assuming no one, the, the person that watched the trailer or any of the leaks or whatever and didn't watch any of the interviews or gossipy stuff, um, and they just watched the show, to what extent was this obvious that this was going to happen? There are definitely clues sprinkled around, but like, I, I wonder think- if, yeah. I think one of the things that helped the leap, too, is I have to say, I have to, like, um, point to Selena from Hypable. She, I think she's the first one that said, like, more chips, right? I think so, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although, she, she said it for this season, but Joe, I remember you talking about this months ago, about, like, you're like, well, what if all the Allegis people had, like, chips and whatever? And I was like, no, it didn't exist before. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So, so you also me. had that idea based on, but like it wasn't based on what we saw. Yeah, it was just kind of. So we kind of just like didn't really think about it. And it was Selena putting it into the context of the season. So yes, you win is what I'm trying to say. Yay! In terms of like what um, what started our, he's breathing so loudly. Heavy breathing. Um, yeah. um, in terms of what actually got us completely right i think that she was the first one who said what if there's another type of flame um and then from there all the pieces fall like perfectly in place with that theory like that's the it's like the hypothesis you're waiting for that ties everything together um and i think that was completely apparent by episode two right uh i would say episode well wait oh no two Three, I would say. Like, by three, like, none of us were surprised that this was where it was going in number four. There's no question by three. Yeah, yeah but by two, you're just like, you know, the body Ooh. stuff comes into play more. Like, the... Yeah. Yeah. The Children of Gabriel. Was that two? No, that was when three. When they were like... Uh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that was A three. lot of stuff was in, in three, yeah. Yeah. And this episode, but yeah. Cool. All right. Well, you guys ready to uh, get into the... Weeds. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um should we do forest children first? Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe take a break and then do uh, the hippies. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um okay, so forest children. Um 
right? So we've got Octavia and we've got Dioza, um, which apparently everyone's on board with. I think we're on board with Is it that? because Dioza's been amazing. <laughs> Octavia was amazing last year and we're all kind of uh, on everyone else. And so it's like, well, yeah, I'd, I'd watch the Dioza show. <laughs> but yeah. but do they I mean, have... I feel like they were both shitheads last yeah, but they were entertaining shitheads. Um, so yeah. here's my question, though: What is their what? Is, like, not that they have to bang, because I don't think that that's gonna. I don't think that the show is gonna give me that. But what would their like? What is their ship name? Is it is it Diotavia or is it Octoza? Octoza. Octoza. Is that Diotavia or? I know, I know, it's an important Dia? question. I like the Otavia. The Otavia? It sounds kind of like Diotima, which is my cat's name. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go with the Otavia. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, what were we talking about? Just um, the fact that everyone is on the I mean, are you not? This. Um, I was, I'm not, it's not that I'm not on board with it, but I, I like the idea of enemies becoming allies. Um, due to a simple, like a simple change of situation, a wacky, uh, which, wacky pair up. Well, yeah, I mean, like this happens on the show a lot. It happened before, like you know, the way Pike and Indra had to cooperate to you know defeat Ali, um, and all of a sudden, like blood enemies, all of a sudden they're like, all right, well, we have to work together now, just because they're put in a different situation. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that idea. Um, and you know, if there's tension between them, you know that um, that could create chemistry. But it has to work, right? It has to work chemically and psychologically. But and I'm not sure it works for Octavia and Dioza. I, I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily, but I, I think that I think it works. I think it's so. In my perfect world, it would be Raven, Octavia, and Dioza going on this journey <laughs> because I feel like. Octavia and Raven need the, the kind of mentorship mm-hmm, that Dioza mm-hmm. can provide. Agreed. Um, and, and what I really love about this pairing is that one of my issues with Dioza last season, as much as I really liked her as a character, I thought she was an excellent character. She's excellently acted. She brings a lot to the table. And fortunately, though, her story itself didn't really go anywhere. And it felt in the end, superfluous. And you could have just plucked her out of it and just had McCreary and it would have been the same story, almost. Um, So I like that we still have her and she's no longer just kind of wasted as, like, Kane's scene partner. Um, And now she's, like, actually finding her way into the story in a way that's meaningful. Um, And so with Octavia, you know, she's a loose cannon. And this reminds me a lot of, actually, Jahan Murphy, season three. You know, they're both kind of, like, um dishonored what's the word is that the word i don't know um that's the word disenfranchised. Um, you mean season two yeah yeah season two but like also the beginnings of season three um and so yeah so you have them going up on this journey together and i just think it's perfect because like dioza can provide like the structure and um What's the morality is not the word, but I think that like Octavia she kind of lost sight of like she needs the guidance. She needs like the lines. She needs that, to know that the, there the, are the lines. tough love. I feel like Octavia yeah. has maybe in some ways 
she needs someone in like because uh, Indra was on the Kool Aid and served under her, and and she needs someone who is separate from her, like a, a, she's a, a not third a leader. party. Yeah, she needs she needs a she's, third party to sort of like set her straight. Um, yeah, she's well, a I great think knight. Always needs a mentor, but I mean, uh, it, it, it's. She needs someone that she looks up to, and usually that's the kind of person that she considers to be tough and uncompromising and whatever. Um, not someone tactical, like Dioza. But it would be um, good for Octavia to learn how to be fucking tactical. Instead but of I like, wonder if she can worship Dioza the way she worshipped Indra. If she can, like, admire Dioza the way that she admired Indra. I think that um, she can. I, I think, think she's gonna, like, I think that Dioza's gonna win her over, because... Dios is fucking smart and like, yeah, I think. Oh my gosh, she's so smart. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Um, I mean, she messed up the, the mission. Well, listen. That's yeah, well, I wanted to talk about that later because that's actually like my other thoughts. Um, and, and this was brought on by discussions on Reddit after our last podcast and just kind of like this perspective that came up that the narrative needs to be more careful and we'll get into this again later. Okay. Um, the narrative needs to be more careful with how it weighs character actions within the story, because a lot of times there's like contradictions that are like really shitty <laughs> and just like make no sense. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, so you looked up improvised. Adapt <laughs> oh. As yeah, I thought- going to bring up that note. <laughs> <laughs> who, so I thought that, that like, um, Diosa, it's that? one of the first things she says when she's sitting there, she, you know, she lights the fire. It's our first scene of the episode, um, which where did she get those rocks? I don't know. But like, basically what she's saying is she's just like, she says to herself, improvise, adapt, overcome. And, you know, this is like a, um, a Marine Corps motto, one of them. And, um, and she like turns to the, the baby, I guess, kicks or something. And she's like, don't worry, I'll teach you. Mm. Um, and Anyway, so I Googled this, so I thought, like, maybe there'd be, like, some interesting backstory that would, like, tie into all of this, but the only thing that came up um, for the first, like, two pages of Google was, like, this Know Your Meme reference, because apparently this was a meme. So, like, the first thing I saw was, um, it says, with Bear Gryllis, who I don't know if you've watched that show, but it's amazing. Yes. Um, my favorite one is when he goes with Zac Efron into the wild. It's everyone should watch it. It's the best bromance. There's so much tension. <laughs> um, anyways, so he's like pointing at you and he's like, improvise, adapt, overcome. And it's like when you try to sneak into your girlfriend's room at night, but you accidentally go into her brother's room. So you fuck him instead. <laughs> improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> what? It's just amazing. <laughs> the internet is a weird place. That's weird. Yeah. Full 34. Yeah. So is that, um, is that all we so, had for, for, for the for the military uh, tagline? Yeah, basically. And I really only had one more note. Um, oh, well, two more notes, because I thought it was hilarious that the Sanctum Guards um, went to Dioza to, like, get her help. And she's, like, heavily pregnant. Yeah. Has no weapons. <laughs> and, like, this is how soft they are, that they're like, no, no way, this lady can totally do better than we can with her, like, fancy sticks. <laughs> So I loved that. But the, my other, like, serious note was, like, I think that Dio's character is what Echo's character should have been. I can see that. And they flubbed it. Like, yeah. m- like making her more of, like, a visible badass instead of, like, act- instead of saying she's a badass. Yeah. And, like, remember when you used to talk about, like, what you liked about Echo was that she was sassy? Mm-hmm. But she wasn't really sassy. But, like, if you envision, like, her with the lines that Dioza has, like, that I think was the character that you wanted. 
I, yeah, no, I, I, I think, I, and then if she could have gone off with her- Octavia and it would have been like really interesting. And then we could have seen her from a different angle and like her violence could have been like seen at a different angle where it wasn't against Clark because that was just like such a bad choice <laughs> from the team. Um, yeah, I, I guess like that's the way that I see Dioza is the character that that was supposed to be. But I also just, I just love Dioza too. Like, I know. No, I know. But like, I think that's all the reasons we love her. She is pretty sassy. Yeah. And has like great, great delivery of that sass. Um, And she's a great fighter, but she also like knows like when to chill. Yeah. She's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anything else about Dioza, about um, Diotavia? Well, I mean, we haven't (laughs) even gotten to Octavia yet. I thought we were just talking about Dioza. Otherwise, well, there was it. Diotavia, yeah, Dioza and Diotavia, and then we can talk about Octavia. Um. Well, so less less about them and how many. I just want to know how many episodes until Octavia bangs Xavier. Um. The yeah. The guy who's not Lincoln but Lincoln completely 2.0. Lincoln. Yeah. How many episodes? Next so episode. Give it one or two. Oh wow! Wow! Really? <laughs> I. Damn. All right. I was thinking, but, like, what? Oh, I was just going to say, I haven't, I try not to watch the previews, but apparently something happens in next week's episode previews that leads people to believe that maybe old man Gabriel is hot now or something. Oh, so maybe Octavia will bang be, him? Yeah. yeah, so unsure. But, like, that's, to- Xavier totally, there's nothing about him that does not have, like, direct Lincoln vibes. Lincoln and also, like, a little bit alien. Like, yeah. Octavia has a type. <laughs> yeah. Completely. So, okay, so under, so by episode six, you guys are saying. Only hostage takers is the type. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, and, like, are they going to do it in a cave? Is She's it- all about that Stockholm. Stockholm. She's <laughs> yeah. a walking Stockholm syndrome. She's it's got a cake. fetish. I don't know. I mean, granted, <laughs> she was kept under the floor. Like, that's her thing. Like, she has been yeah. kept in ca- captivity, and, you know, maybe that's her... Her kink or something. That makes sense, yeah. Ooh, that's weird. Um, wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, so we have just armchaired uh, Octavia's sexual dysfunctions? Yeah. Armchair, armchair psychoanalysis. Cool. Yeah. Everyone, you're welcome. And I'm sure we're going to get angry emails about this, too. Which will just come down to penis envy, really. I mean, obviously, doesn't it always? Um, <laughs> did you guys notice um, that... that like the one line of Gabriel being in in the anomaly, yeah. Like, yeah, that seemed to me anyway is like one of the most important pieces of information we've gotten lately. Like, which yeah. a means we're going to yeah. go into the anomaly, and b like, what exactly does that like? What's that look like? The yeah, Grounders two point throwaway lines is where we get all of our information. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what's happening because then we got the like death is life, death to all primes or whatever. I was yeah. like, oh. Got it. You guys don't approve. Like, yeah, and we have to just distinguish what sanctum is our home to means. Like, all like, does that go into like the other throwaway line about the caves? Well, no. Damn it, that's in the promo. Ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually I seen see the promos um, for the next episode. Like, the they're leaking out a lot of like scenes way early. Like, usually we just this get week's them. right way early. Yeah, like stuff is already out, and it's Friday. I don't know. Um, I, I don't get it because last episode stuff didn't come out till like day of. The fu- it's the CW promotions department. Nobody makes any goddamn sense over there. Um, <laughs> like, do you guys have any theories about the the anomaly? Um, 
I was talking with um, Elena from Reddit, and we had a discussion about, like, is this going to be time-related? Like, is there going to be, like, a time warp slash a portal back in time something? So we kind of discussed that, um, but we're not really – I mean, these are just, like, hopes and dreams slash (laughs) what's going to happen. That could actually be kind of interesting, like, if, Mm -hmm. like, time doesn't really exist there. I mean, it would kind of – well, not totally explain because I think – again, I didn't watch that specific clip, but um, the guy who's Gabriel now, I think is that other hot guy that I saw in the casting news (laughs) who I assumed, like, Clark would hook up with, but, like – I mean, listen, the show's not done. (laughs) Who's to say Clark as Josephine? Josephine as Clark? Whatever is not – I mean, she was a a thirsty broad, too. She was. She had an appetite. She totally was. Yeah. So – Girl was thirsty. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, can we go back to Xander or what is his name? Xavier. Z- Xavier, real quick. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's so there's a scene where he leaves the bag. First of all, he offers that whatever the fuck that is. Beef to the, jerky. The little girl. Well, well, jerky. General jerky. Some sort of jerky. Yeah. <laughs> Miscellaneous. Yeah, it, it didn't look appetizing. No, what it didn't. Fucking animal did it come from? I um, think it's a so, rat because that's what we saw in the behind the scenes that got cut footage. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, and then he leaves the bag and leaves it open. There's a knife in there, and so I kind of that kind of pissed me off. Why? Of the, it's just a trope that you know. I'm just tired of like oh the whole you know like really bad at doing your job trope. Yeah, the old, I'm going to leave my bag, including a sharp item, right next to the hostage that I, slop, that I sloppily tied up trope. Um, but, yeah, but then I saw your note, Bubs, that you thought maybe he did it on purpose. I, I don't you think he so? definitely did it on purpose. Um, so I wasn't sure either at first. So I wrote down my note about, I was like, was it on purpose? Because, come on, you can't be that stupid. Um, but then when I went, when I was got to the scene... Um, you know, like all the, the COG walk away to like, you know, have a little powwow about like what they're going to do. And this is when Octavia escapes. Um, but you know, they're having their little powwow and Xavier's like, we can't torture them, et cetera. Something old man, old man, whatever. Um, and then they go back and they find that Octavia's escaped. And then, um, they're all like frantic and they're like, okay, fine. We'll go find her alive. And they go off, and then the camera pans back to Xavier. He's just, like, standing and, there. And he's, he's standing there, but, like, you see the corner of his lips twitch up. What if Xavier... Like, this was the plan. ...is Gabriel? I mean, maybe. Like, I mean, he checks the box of hot and young, so... <laughs> maybe. Plot twist, Gabriel has been among us Plot this twist. whole time. Yeah. I don't know. But no. I think he's an actor from um, Aaron Gisberg's show... What is it called? Um, the new Amsterdam one? Yeah. Really? I think he is. I think I remember seeing him on it. Huh. But I'm not sure. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about uh, Zaytavia? Whatever. <laughs> um, um, not that, I mean, we've, we already know Octavia. when they're going to bang, so that's really all that there really was to say about that. Um, are we going to talk about the dead kid? Uh, yeah, I thought Octavia was gonna, like, rescue the child and, and be admitted no, to No, little blonde girl, don't, they don't do well on this show. 
<laughs> Again, if we're rehashing, if this, is, from if this is a retelling and we're rehashing of 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 the show, well, little blonde children for that matter, because what what was the kid who Jaha mentored Ethan also Ethan. dead. So um, yeah, basically, just don't be a small blonde child on this show because you die. Yeah. If it's not suicide, you'll get an arrow in the chest. Something, something. It's, it's <laughs> or, just or not going to go well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you got you thought yeah. that that Octavia was going to get to save her. Yeah, I thought. I mean, that whole subplot kind of went to waste. I mean, other than Octavia and Dioza joining forces, nothing else came out of that. Uh, joining forces um, and a motorcycle. Yeah, so that was really um, that was really where it needed to go. Uh-huh. And I feel like the bodyguard's going to come back into play some in some type of way. I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, because she had lines, like, so she'll come back. I mean, if you think about it, she could have said, "Go find Gabriel from the beginning," instead of "Go find the little girl." Well, but she, like, the little girl, was like the most important first. I know. I'm saying, like, the writers could have written the story differently. <laughs> um, well, now, now I don't know what you want. Well, what I'm saying is, this whole subplot was pointless. Uh, if the point was for Dioza and Octavia to join, there would have been easier ways. That could have happened in one scene. It didn't have to be the whole thing. The whole thing, like, was had no outcome for the story. Um, it just took up. Yeah, but some the of writers it, so. like killing kids, so. Well, it was setting up Clark as like the option. Oh yeah, that too, because they needed a, they needed a place to put to put Josephine. Yeah. Also, I just realized that guy wasn't on New Amsterdam. It was The Good Doctor. So different Doctor show. <laughs> In case anyone was listening, being like, no, it's The Good Doctor, bitch. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You can, you can delete your angry email. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say. Like, this, this, I get what you're saying, She Like, there would have been easier ways to do it. Um, I honestly would have maybe liked something a little bit more difficult. Like, I feel like in some ways it was almost too neat and tidy. Like, being like, well, we didn't manage to save the kid. You guys got to go. I guess we'll just team up and do some shit on our own. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I would have kind of wanted a little bit more just because I, I am enjoying spending, you know, I, I think I would well, enjoy spending more time with them. Um, mm-hmm. Versus That's actually kind of my point is that at the end of the day, that mission didn't really justify them uh, uh, forming an alliance. That happened in a few seconds. Um, that was kind of, you know, like you're saying, it was underdeveloped. Um so that could have happened without the whole hunt, is what I'm saying. Anyway, um, yeah, that's just what I... <laughs> cool. <laughs> Anything else about this whole thing? Well, just this whole section? Oh, I just wanted to say, um, in term- when we were talking about the parallels to season one and, like, Charlotte, I did like mm-hmm. that Octavia brought back the whole Slayer demon, or dragons, whatever, demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um because it was very much like what Bellamy said to her when she was a little girl. So I thought that that was brought back in a way that was surprisingly uncheesy and was still a great way to, um, what's the word? Um, to tease that that girl's going to die because that's what <laughs> happens to children that get that pep talk. They get a Blake pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so basically, like, in a lot of ways, it's like, this 
a lot of these callbacks are like we're getting some quality old school stuff like the the if you get a pep talk from the Blakes, you know, you're dying. Um, if you sleep with Clark, you're dying. Um, I feel like there were a couple more, but like. Watch Nila's actually a ghost and it'll be revealed at some point. Well, no, like Nyla's endgame. That's the that's the only thing that I can take away from this. Like <laughs> as weird as that sounds and how like I meh I am on it. Like that's the only logical thing. She Ugh. is the long, 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 long term. Um, that they're not even developing. <laughs> endgame. Yeah, but just being like, at the very end, they'll be like, see? It's it's like musical chairs, except you die, and she happens to be the only one who's not dead by the oh, end of it. That's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I mean, they can't kill her, so we're stuck. Yeah, exactly. No, that's... We're stuck with her. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't like her, but I, at the same time... They're not working on that I'm romance. Not, yeah. But she's the only one who has survived, so... Which, oh, yeah. like... How, how, when are we going to see how that has fucked with Clark? Like, I mean, didn't we already? But like now she's on a new planet and she's like, no, it's fine. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. My curse has followed me across galaxies. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into Clark's vagina later. I didn't Yeah, jump I have other thoughts. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess uh, that's. That's about it for forest mm-hmm. children. I guess so. Um, Quick break before right. hippies. Well, um, we could. I, I really have um, to pee. I have okay. to pee too. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So let's get into the hippies, which <laughs> means people in sanctum, I guess. Um, well, you've you've seen their flowing movement clothes, their tai chi and and whatnot. Like they're uh, hippies. Yeah. I mean, evil hippies, apparently, but still hippies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the one set that you were talking about where everything occurs. <laughs> Wait. Where, oh. Yeah. What do you there's mean? There's like a dance party. And oh, yeah. Whatever, like. And then, and yeah. Then, yeah. There's everything. I mean, the place where Clark and Raven argue, that's separate from where the party is, right? Um. Or is that just after the party? No, that was just after the party. Clark went back to the bar where Raven was. During the ceremony. Yeah, during the ceremony. Like, yeah, it's the exact same room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everything happens yeah. there. Ja- Every- Jordan loses yeah. his virginity up- upstairs. Like, yeah. Yeah, at least there there is an upstairs. I mean, I guess. <laughs> not like not like everyone doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> also, like, oh my god, they're I mean, good job for for Shannon Cook, like working on that body. I just thought it was hilarious how they were like so like gazing upon it during yeah. that whole scene. They were like, look, "Look at this! Look at this!" I'm I'm a lot of nip, a lot of nip, a <laughs> lot of nip. I mean, you know, hey, more power to him. That that takes a lot of work. Um, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, am yeah, I? And I I I like so with that relationship. I am I the only one who doesn't buy it? I mean, obviously um, now we can't be sold on it at all because she is brainwashed. <laughs> but like, I just, I was like, this is really fast. Well, but like, I, it's not that I don't buy it. I think that like, for what it is, and like, I think what it is, is she's basically dying later that day. Yeah, but would you pick the homeschooled kid to fuck? Like, like, Jack, I mean, like Jordan's the weird homeschooled kid. Like, Yeah, but like, you have to take into fact, like, cool new kid syndrome where like you grew up with all these fucking people everyone you've like maybe already hooked up with all the hot ones 
And finally, there's like new people, and all of the other, and all of the other boys are taken. So yeah, exactly. This one's the available one. Exactly. He is the only available one. <laughs> um, and like Sorry, he's Jordan. cute. He's cute, and so I get it from that perspective. But, but he's the she, weird like, homeschool kid. Got off kid. on teaching him. Yeah. Oh, totally. But I think she got off on that a little bit. Um, but generally, yes, I feel like it is generally hard to buy. But I think circumstances of him a. Um, being grateful for whatever the universe throws at him <laughs> after 27 years of virginity, unless Harper threw him like <laughs> an incest bone, <laughs> an oh, incest bone. Which was <laughs> 27? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he is exactly conveniently, ta-da, their age. Yeah. And so from that perspective and her thinking that she's dying basically it makes sense but my issue was was not the boning and like them like having fun and boning like i, I feel like that part's realistic does it mean that they're gonna get married tomorrow obviously not. I don't, i'm not sure Jim um, knows that well but it's it's his first love the first cut is the deepest <laughs> <laughs> um and but like what killed me was um when they're doing the naming ceremony um jordan is standing with Delilah and her parents are behind her. And I'm like, okay, I believe like the, um, the, what's it called? Um, the one I stand sex. I believe all the flirting. I don't believe that during this very important ceremony that like you're standing with like, like you've been your, banging this dude for six yeah. hours. Like maybe you're not standing it, with your parents. Exactly. So like I, so the way that they could have made that scene work for me would have been her standing with her parents. Obviously, obviously, that was the right call. Her standing with her parents, her parents showing, like, interesting emotions, whether it's, like, excitement or trepidation, because, like, I don't know how everyone really feels. Like, she made it seem like it was a good thing. But then at the same time, you know, we have her, like, They're still losing towards, their kid. Yeah, but, like, it's it's unclear, like, what they know about it. Um, And so then she, she stops and runs back towards him. But I, if she would have just stopped... And ran back to hug her parents one last time. And then looking over their shoulders at um, Jordan, been like, don't let me become the face behind the glass. To me, that would have been a perfect way to make that believable instead of being like, why the fuck is she standing with him over her family? Which really took me out of it. Um, You know, family comes first. I yeah, I mean I could see that in, in less less in the family comes first necessarily, you know, for me, but just like I'm Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> family fucking comes first. Oh um, <laughs> that was egregious. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean it did seem kind of weird to be like it's not like she was an orphan and the fact that her parents were standing behind her, you're kind of like, oh, Jordan, like that's that's like ugh. like read the room, buddy, you know? Yeah. Um but then again, he's the weird homeschooled kid, so what are you gonna do? Yeah. Do you do you have? Maybe he just kind of like mean, walked he, up there. He's not homeschool. He was trapped inside. No, he's the weird homeschool kid for twenty seven. Weird yes. homeschool kid <laughs> does not understand like how to interact with other kids their own age. Is the ultimate only child. Um. So yeah. I mean, I um, I kind of chose not to have a problem with the whole <laughs> uh, Jordan and Delilah and how fast it went. Um. Kind of because, like, it's not the first time this has happened. You know, we had it with Jasper and Maya. Jasper and Shay, much more so. Um, And so, yeah, it happens. And, I mean, it's not completely unrealistic. I mean, they're 
young people. I mean, 27, okay, but like Bob says, the first time. So anyway, um, but it did happen fast. But I, I, what I really don't buy is <laughs> <laughs> is the way that Delilah is um, suddenly like scared, terrified of this um, ceremony. And doesn't want to do it or like she wants to be alive stay alive or whatever um it's i mean they they told us that everyone they spent so much time convincing us that like everyone in, in sanctum is kind of um uh, you know walled into <laughs> into loving everything um and so well, but, but she showed some reticence about it last episode like, she acted a little bit sad and stuff before she and Jasper, or not Jasper, God, I always call him Jasper, whoops, um, before she and Jordan um, hooked up the first time. Like, you could tell that she was, like, a little bit iffy on it then. I think that... Right. Why, though? I mean, I feel like it's all Because I think that they know the... that they're going to be erased. <laughs> like, I think that she maybe doesn't want to be erased, but feels guilty about feeling like that because, yeah, she was raised to think that everything for the primes to be a nightblood and to be a prime is like, you know, the most ultimate thing. But, you know, it's probably a little scary to be like, hey, P.S., like this is, you know, this great honorable thing that we've kind of brainwashed you into believing, but also you are going to cease to exist. Right. But I mean, like, then it has to be a common experience, right? Is, does everyone get cold feet at the last minute? Does everyone. Okay. Well, I, we didn't really get to like... see whether or not Clark would have because they didn't really <laughs> give her that option. Um. I mean, it seemed like they're telling us that like everyone is just completely, um, yeah, like brainwashed into buying the whole thing. Um, but anyway, so that that was the part that I felt like they were just saying that oh, because she's in love. Um, <laughs> but I don't give a fuck. So. <laughs> Shaheen the shipper. Um, I I don't like it when love is a reason for anything. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, moving on from that, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, well, I mean, do you want to talk about the ceremony? Do we have anything about the ceremony? Well, can I talk about the cheese, the, the cookie guy, and how... Okay, what cookie guy? The guy who... Oh, okay, the guy with the off The extra the who was like, hey, look, I have a line, look at these cookies, let me talk about this cake. Um, <laughs> that guy is so happy he had a line. Oh my god, he's so pleased. <laughs> Um, oh, but Bubs, you haven't even watched this far into Buffy, right? Um, I haven't season four. I haven't gotten, no, I think so. I haven't gotten past the episode where, um, X or Redacted dies. Oh, so you've seen, you've seen through season. Okay. So in the very last episode of season four, there's like this weird, creepy dream sequence that like, we actually found out a ton of information about where Uh the show is going. Like, it's all of these like really cool, like sort of not premonitions. What is it? A foreshadowing, but like weird little Mm -hmm. throwaway lines. Anyways, there's this dude who recurs in all of these characters dreams and he's like always holding a plate of sliced cheese. Um, and he has all these weird lines about cheese. And so that's basically what this dude reminded me of. Just like some rando <laughs> inserting and being like, plate of cookies, cheese, like that. Our, our five listeners who list, who have seen Buffy will, will appreciate that reference. That's the one where they all had to like wake up yes. from it and they were all like watching a movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I remember. Um, okay, that's all I had about, about Cookie Man. Good job, Cookie Man. I, I bet you had a, a whole watch party about it too. 
Yeah, um, yeah. He's like living in Los Angeles and like waiting tables. And this was like, we're going to be his break. I feel like he's probably Vancouver based, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm proud probably solo waiter. Proudy, bud. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So the ceremony, you want to talk about the ceremony? Which part about anything? it? I don't know. So uh, I guess you thought uh, you had something about. about um, oh, I thought like, so. Russell's quote. But, with the primes, um, wait the, the the forgiveness part or the or the chip part, the one at night or the one like when they did the um, amends. Oh, I, I'm talking no. about the the speech before the actual ceremony. On like when they were in the can, like sorry, just go ahead. Just I just didn't know which speech you were talking about. I guess I will find out from context. Uh, we're, we are jumping around a little bit. Um, I so when Russell addresses the crowd. Um, he, he goes into that, like, so there's the, what are the words again? I wrote them down. Um, hold on. Let me find it. There's one. Oh yeah. Repent, renew, rejoice, rebirth. Um, and okay. The four R's, (laughs) um, but the part that like with the speech that annoyed me, or at least like, you know, Russell is kind of sneaky. At least he seems kind of sneaky to me because, you know, um, those three primes died. He knows that they died. He talked about it with his wife at the beginning of this episode, but he didn't really show remorse or like sadness about it, which I thought was weird because these are people he's known for seven generations. So like for him to not really, or maybe, no, seven generations probably. Um, so for him to not be, like, beside himself upset, um, mourning these losses, I thought was weird. Um, but apart from that, like, so you don't see him mourning it until he's giving his speech, and all of a sudden he's, like, crying about it on stage to Kaylee. And it was just like, okay. (laughs) And I think this goes into, um... I, I don't know if we actually did talk about this last time, but the fact that, like, the, um... The civilizations that Sky Crew has come across, um, two out of three have been kind of culty or had culty elements. Like Mount Weather didn't really have culty elements. And I think that was only because they were so tied into like having to um, exist on ground or blood mm-hmm. that that was like their thing. Like they they didn't need to believe in anything else because they were all relying on that. So they didn't need to be tricked into it because they would die if they didn't believe it. So they didn't need, like, a culty element to buy into it. Um, versus, like, the grounders with the the flame stuff. Like, it gets kind of culty, you know? Yeah. They have, like, all these things they say, and, and you're just like, it's literally just technology. Like, relax. <laughs> um, and then with, like... Garbage. <laughs> yeah, like what Murphy says, although now we, the, it's not garbage. It's a little bit I garbage. can't get into it. It's garbage. Like, you, you can't wreck on that. That's what I said. It's like... And, and then they, they changed it. They, like, pretended that never happened, and now, like, the flame is, like, still magic. I don't know. Whatever. So, um, so that. And then we get to, um, Sanctum, and again, with the culty stuff. So, um. A lot of cults. A lot of times. Yeah. A lot of times that stuff is used to control people. And like you said before, um, Joe, when you were talking about the chanting in last episode, um, I think that, like, with, 
um, Russell using that moment to like display his emotional his emotions, it does seem like very manipulative, basically. Like to keep them in power, to keep like society functioning the way it does, like he he gives these performances, you know, mm-hmm. they have this naming day. Um, so he's and full so, of shit, is what you're saying. Yes. I, I, but, like, at the same time, I do think that there's, like, strings of humanity within him because, like, the way that he talks about um, Delilah and, like, don't ruin her day, like, keep the guards, like, at a distance. Like, this is her. Like, so he gets that what they're doing is he gets that this is her last day on Earth. So from that perspective, like, there is some kind of, I don't know, something is telling him it's wrong, but there, he's doing it anyway. So maybe that's something that can be tapped into by other characters at some point this season. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can. I mean, this is a. Sorry, go. Ahead. No, no, go ahead. That was it. <laughs> uh, I was just saying that um, I like this, right? This is the, this is the same with um, Wallace, you know, in Mount mm-hmm. Weather, and like this is because the characters on the show tend to be layered and have complexity, so they're not totally like. Um, I mean, there are sometimes characters that are just like black and white, and. We typically don't like them. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. But um, I feel like the going sort of going off of what you were saying, Bob's about cultiness, um, I, I wasn't entirely clear how brainwashed every, everyone in Sanctum is. Um, like, so does the general population of Sanctum know about the chips? Do they know that when they go inside this room, they become a different person? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think, wait, well, I, I think that they understand that whoever was there before is no longer there. But yeah, I, I, I doubt that they know exactly kind of what happens. If that makes sense. Because, like, mm-hmm. clearly, you know, J- Jordan is not going to be the only one to notice that, like, Delilah is completely different now. You know? So, do they think, like, there's some sort of, like, spiritual thing like yeah like maybe like the the, the primes over. have come down and, and you know entered their bodies or whatever mm-hmm. you know I, i'm the sure the spirit that, has chosen exactly i think that they were probably sold on it being a lot more beautiful than it is because i think that we're also going to find out that for the for the soul that used to occupy that body things are not great yeah yeah but i mean it seems like delilah knew what was going to happen right I mean, I don't, I think that she was afraid knowing that she was going to be erased. Because all that I think that they know is that whoever used to be there is no longer there. So for her, it is, I'm no longer going to exist, but I feel guilty because, you know, I know that this Mm -hmm. is a great honor. Um, Right, but the way she talks to um, Jordan, it sounds like she's saying, come save me, which implies that she thinks she'll be saved somewhere. I think it's, it's like, unclear, like, what... Ha- I think, like, obviously the person who comes back is not the same as before. But I think it's hard as, like... So, if you were plucked from um, the plebeians and you were told that you got to be a queen or whatever, um, and you would go through some changes to become that queen, but you would become that queen, and you'd seen other people do it. And yes, they were very different. They became very regal. They didn't weren't interested in their past life, really. Um, I don't think it equates as much to becoming a totally different person. It almost, it feels like you're being upgraded. 
because it's the clarity of like what actually is happening isn't there. Right. So uh, that's one possibility about what they think is going to happen. Yeah, that's why I see it. But again, like, Delilah sounds like she thinks there's a way to restore her or something because yeah, uh, the way well, she t- tells Jordan. Maybe she thinks that like from that queenly um level that she can still find a, a way to be herself in a way that other people haven't before her. Uh-huh. But maybe with Jordan, she can be that, you know? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I, we won't I, know. And the other thing is, um, so Clark's boyfriend. <laughs> uh, what, what's his name? Clark's Killian? love of her life, eternal OTP, forever <laughs> and never shall they, may they be together. We should like record the the how many minutes people survive after um, they fuck. I mean, I think that this is a record short one because at least this, should, this has got to be one. Yeah, yeah, because no, Lexa at least survived long enough for them to go round two. So like, yeah. like from the start of the clock, <laughs> well, this like, one, they it was leaving the bed two. was the mistake. Yeah, no, that's clearly the problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, what's his name? Killian. Mm. Wait, Killian. Is that it? I think that's what is. Sure. Anyway, he, he, Clark's boyfriend. He said something that he said something that kind of implied that people do know what's going on because he was like when they're um, releasing the lanterns, whatever. Um, he was like, "I wonder how many of them wrote down murder." murder. <laughs> yeah. So does that mean? I does think. That mean like yeah. The primes know. The primes know, and I bet he kind of. I I bet he as the doctor and examiner, like I bet he knows more than a lot of Mm -hmm. people but i think that there's probably there's probably people the primes who know the most people Mm -hmm. there's probably a couple more people like him who know a lot and then you know a next group of people who like don't know exactly but have the feeling that something's fishy and then Mm -hmm. there's like the golden retrievers of the group who are just pleased (laughs) to be alive for for cookies yeah for cookies and what yeah cookie cookie guy doesn't know what's happening or maybe Cookie Guy does, and he is like the ultimate. What if Cookie Guy is Gabriel? You heard it here first, folks. Oh my god, wouldn't that be like? I will lose my shit if it turns out that Cookie Man is important. That's awesome. Um, I mean, yeah. he is regardless. Regardless, he is important. Yes, to everyone's heart. So, so this has nothing to do with anything except I'm just remembering Maddie eating the cookies and whatever. Can we talk about Clark being a shitty mom for two seconds? Oh, yeah. I, I've written stuff down about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, your child is asking to go to school, as in, I would like to learn things and grow and, like, sort of be among my peers and develop healthy, like, social engagement. And Clark's being like, and, like, I know that a lot of people have issue with the flame being in play or whatever. And, like, if if I just say, okay, fine, like, I, I, don't, I personally don't have an issue with it, like, Fine, she wants to be the commander, like, it does come with responsibilities, we're upholding, you know, our ancient traditions, whatever. But, like, let your kid go to fucking school, like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the actual fuck? Like, I mean, unless Clark thinks that it's a crazy cult or whatever, which, like, fair, but I also just kind of feel like... If it's, like, normal school where you, like, learn to, you know, read and write and do some math, maybe, balance your checkbook, I mean, I I kind of feel like Clark is super in the wrong here for denying Maddie the opportunity to, like, be among people her own age. Yeah, and I agree for the most part. I totally agree. But I wonder if she's using this as, like, a carrot 
to get Maddie to take the flame out. Oh, and interesting. Not be commander. Being like, well, um, if you want to go to school. Yeah. Because, you know, right, she that's says what that. Kind of, she implied that, yeah. She says that. And I think it's like, you know, then she talks about, like, you know, Gaia told me about Shade Hedda. Like, she's kind of pushing for that, but she's trying not to make the decision for Maddie. Meanwhile, I would be like, fucking take it out. <laughs> um, because, like, I still stand by and I. I wish they would fucking address this because it really bothers me. But, you know, Maddie doesn't have the agency to keep it in. You know, once it's in, I think the chip will decide for itself whether it wants to stay in. Because prior to putting it in, Maddie was very much against it. So to suddenly be like, no, I get it now, blah, blah, blah. You know, Raven also was like, oh, I get it now. Like, it's just the chip is influencing what you desire. And what you so think. her saying I want it cannot necessarily be taken. It, she can't actually. We don't know that that's actually true unless she takes it out, makes the same decision, and puts it back in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Though we're, not, I, I really don't think we're going to get that. Of course not. Okay, <laughs> but like, it's it, to me, it's ridiculous that we're not getting that because we're basically have like a hijacked kid who can't go to school. Which I mean, but we're about to have a hijacked Clark. So dun dun dun. Well. Yeah, which we can already talk about, like, the, um, yes, it was not Josephine having sex with the quote-unquote good doctor. Oh, yeah, Um, we we thought, we were worried about that. I remember before the episode aired, we had had some concern. But, like, we we have that concern for Clark, but it's true of everybody else who is a prime. Right. Yes. So, So it's already happening. Um, well, so here's the thing, though. If you willingly become a prime... Like, you then are vacating of your body and not, like... But do you know? That's the thing. I, I it depends mean, how much they actually know. Yeah, I feel like this is, this this kind of gets into, you know, uh, how attached someone is to their body versus their mind. Because, like, if their mind isn't present at all, like, like so if we're going to get back to our humans, Anita versus uh, Mia debate... On mm-hmm. on when on whether or not it was rape when when she and Joe had sex, um, mm-hmm. the difference, especially there, is that we got confirmation that Mia was there, but she mm-hmm. had no control, no agency, um, you know. And so I think I think it gets into this sort of like other area where if the chip gets taken and it's just a completely new operating system. Like you, the, the original OS is locked away on a floppy disk, not even like anywhere near electronics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a whole ev- other fucked up thing to, to, to deal with of being like, Oh cool. So you just disappear. Um, or maybe you're in some sort of a horrible hellscape, but either way you are in no way aware of or interacting with anything like that your physical body is. Um, I think that that kind of gets into, eh, I'm as squicked out about that. What if it's a Freaky Friday situation and your parents were into like rape fantasies? Um, and wait, you, what? <laughs> I'm just putting it out this there. Is cold open. Oh my god! Like what? <laughs> I'm just saying. When we're your talking about like switching bodies. Wait, so, to eat with each other or with the kid? I'm super confused. Well, Freaky Friday. Uh huh. I've never seen in it. Which okay, but so like two twins, sw- or no? Is it the mom and the dad? The mom and the, the kid. mom and the daughter. Sorry, I get all bodies. of my Lindsay Lohan movies that I never actually watched confused. She was in Freaky Friday, right? Yes, and she was with, also um, in the Parent Trap, right? 
Yes. Okay, so I'm not off base here, but no, wrong movies. No. Wrong movies. Got it. So um, the one where she's with Jamie... Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. Okay. In Freaky Friday. Uh-huh. They switch bodies. Uh-huh. So what if her mom and dad uh-huh. had been into, like, kinky rape fantasies? Okay. And they had one planned. Uh-huh. And then they switched bodies. Uh-huh. And her mom forgot because she's at the mall. <laughs> being like, I never got to do this because I already had a job. <laughs> and the daughter is just at home, you know. In the mom's like, body? I don't have to go to school. Yeah. Okay. And the dad stops by on his lunch break. And does not understand. This is, this is a really, this is a really. Is con- it rape? Um, I mean, yeah, because I'm assuming that daughter in mom's body would say no. And, oh, but she wouldn't know the safe word. Yeah. I mean, mm, it. yeah, no, it absolutely is rape. Um, or, or if the mom in the daughter's body hooks up with some hot senior. Is that statutory? Is that rape? I mean, because yeah, because it's not her body. Yeah, and you've you've also removed the consent that the boy can give from having sex with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I'm. I think we're just gonna have to. (laughs) How about you move us along there? Table this discussion. (laughs) Um, Hey, this is philosophy. You have no thoughts, Shaheen. (laughs) I'm sorry. What is the question? (laughs) <laughs> if if you are body snatched, can you can you give consent for that body? Either way, whether it's yeah. I see. Um Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean to give consent for that body? I don't know. Like like it's not your body, but you took it. But is it your you body once you you're body? But is it a body like is it your body once your mind leaves it or is your body determined like based on Right, I mean, I assume what's wrong with having sex with someone without consent is not what happens to their body, but what happens to their mind. That's the problem. Well, but what um, if you got AIDS because you switched bodies with somebody and they went and had sex with somebody and then they got AIDS and then you got back in your body and now you have AIDS. Yeah, so you're assuming you, you, at some point they're going to get <laughs> this back This is getting really convoluted. <laughs> well, but like, it's, it, it's like somebody doing things with your body. Yeah. And it's your body. But let's say they put you into a newer, better, sexier body. Like, are you still pissed about your old body? Or, like, is it just about whatever? Are you a hermit crab? And wherever well, but, and whatever shell I mean, you're in, that's your shell. What about well, when you get a transplant? Like, when you get a heart or kidney transplant, is that... And, like, how many kidney? transplants before you're not your yourself anymore? Is yeah, it like I mean, the, if, the book Airhead by brain, Meg Cabot? Yeah. What if we can do brain transplant if I just switch the brains? Like the book Airhead by Meg Cabot. <laughs> I've, I've, Author of Princess Diaries. I, I have not I have not seen that one. I have I have seen Princess Diaries. Uh, these are the books. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, but I mean think about the case of Clark. So she so we're talking about consent with her body. So she was taken over by Josephine. Mm-hmm. So do you not see a consent problem there? Because I feel like that's the same connection we're making with these other I think, examples. I think to yeah. Shaheen's point, it has to do with where the where the mind is. Because if the mind was never there... So if somebody's unconscious and they're not there to that's, feel that's it... That's different. That's different because they're going to wake up back in that, in that body and know all of that. But like if you're just... 
I, I, I'm well, not. Is Clark not going to come back? I'm not saying. I mean, that's of course. Of course, she's going to come back. Like that's going to be the whole fucking thing. Is that Clark is going to have to like <laughs> burst through Josephine's mind trap, whatever? And like that's probably it. She, she like has to like go through her. You know, I, I'm guessing her firewall. Yeah, her firewall, firewall, which is actually Mount Weather, and she's going to have to like break through or whatever. Like blah 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 blah. Cool. blah. Yes, we already know where all this is going. Um, but I think it gets into a tricky thing of just like, if we, if we accept the, 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 the posit that the body is just a vessel for the mind, like it is a, it is a shell and you can move the mind into another body and it is this new body. Um, I think it gets a little bit muddier whether or not we say, okay, if what somebody who is borrowing your body does with that body, you don't approve of, um, you know, did you have a contract beforehand? Did they know the rules of that body? Because otherwise, you know, it's just kind of, it's just a sack of meat that you're hanging, you know, moving around. Yeah, I mean, if if you if you're aware that um, the person can get back into their body, their old body, um, that, but they wouldn't and, even and remember any of the things that had happened either. Sure, but if you, well, but then like again, the example if something gets roofied, right? Like the example of AIDS or diseases, like if you know that. The, the body can be regained and you, you're creating a lasting damage to the body. Um, that's a different issue. You, like, you, you know that this is... But then, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you borrow someone's car and then, like, wreck it. Um, you know that they're going <laughs> to get their car back. At least you and... can buy a new car. You can <laughs> buy a new body in this world. Right. So anyway, so it's it's even worse. But like my point is that like, yeah, so if you know that they're going to get their body back, but if you're not aware of that, like, I don't think Josephine um, thinks that like Clark is going to come back. Um, so. So then is the crime She different? thinks this is permanently her body. And so I, I think, yes, she can give any consent. If she wants to get AIDS, that's her prerogative. <laughs> um. <laughs> she just, like it's like do i'm surprised these sanctum primes aren't more like reckless well <laughs> no but i think it makes perfect sense because they were saying how long it takes for them to like yeah. be come back around the merry-go-round and you know plus you have to like gestate a a, a night blood for you know 21 years too like it's fucking time consuming which is kind of weird that like i mean that they wouldn't have had enough scientists to be able to like have a, have a quote-unquote Abby to make a Nightblood serum, you know? But I guess yeah, that they also... Yeah, what kind of world is this where Abby is a better doctor than they oh are? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, but, I mean, it also <laughs> makes sense... Like Abby. Because <laughs> they would want, like, it to be super uh, exclusive to be to be a Nightblood. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep, yeah. keep the plebs wanting more. But at the same time, I'd just be like, cool, so... You, you sound like Billy from Fire Festival. <laughs> I, I don't know. Wait, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> that was um, that, that was not nice. <laughs> so speaking of the primes, before we move on to Clark's apology tour. Yeah. Um so Her you have a note, Joe, about Yeah. Right. How primes recognize each other. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. I that that didn't occur to me. Explain that. Well, so presumably Priya's, you know, chip has not been you know, implanted anyone in a very long time, right? Like, let's say 21 years, right? Like, mm -hmm. if we just say that. Um, 
And yet immediately she knew who her son was, a.k.a. hot mechanic dude, um, you know, prince with a heart of with a chip on his shoulder, heart of gold that that Raven mm-hmm. is probably going to bang and things won't work out well either. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yes, maybe it's, oh, a mother's love will always recognize her kid. But also like, nah. no, you don't know this dude. Love. You have never seen this dude before in your life. Like, I, I, I think they just have Bluetooth. And they oh, already have like pairing that connection. Yeah, they already have prepared. So there's like oh, a little like Bluetooth vibrate theory. that goes, and it's just like beep beep, like and you're like, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, it's Hugh, or maybe like Siri is in their ear, being like, that is your son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just probably just the Schmeitz. Um, uh, no, not even Schmeitz. It's just the um, fuck up. <laughs> just like, but they've done it up. several times, twice. What fucked up? At least yeah. twice. Well, no, I mean, it's, um, so Riker does it with his mom. Yeah. Or his mom does it with Riker. Oh, that came out weird. Um, and then Josephine <laughs> though, with her Bubs. parents. <laughs> I didn't hate it. But also, that was one of my questions. If they hooked up with is it family members, is it incest? Ah, uh, I'm going to say no. It's not. There's no genetic. Yeah, I mean, but then again, is hooking up with your step-sibling incest? No. So you subscribe to the Clueless. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously. My favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it incest, Shaheen? To, to ho- if, if, if Priya slash Delilah slept with Raven's new piece? Uh, incest is a very culturally dependent concept. Nice. Um, he says no. Nice. So, yeah, so there cultures are cultures are- in which... There, there have been cultures in which you're allowed to have sex with your parents, but not with your what, uh, like aunts and uncles or whatever, or you, with your cousins. What or, cultures? Um, there are. Uh, I don't remember the names, but I mean, I feel like there was a fair amount of incest in in like the Torah and the Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the sort of like, uh, basically, like sexual, um code you know this is going to be one of our bullet points on the tweet that i write out to summarize the episode (laughs) like incest i mean it's come up twice now it's come up a lot i think more than that (laughs) (laughs) and there have been cultures in which like it was very common to have like um collective families where it wasn't like couples it was like a bunch of men and women um a commune matching mixing and matching and, and raising the kids together and they were often, you know, related. They were like brothers and sisters or cousins or um half you siblings. Know, half siblings and yeah. And they just yeah. And and the thing is like, sure, the rate of like birth defects goes Duck up. Duck babies. Bit, but it's still very low. It's not like most, most of your kids will be okay. So um and they of course didn't shy away from throwing away <laughs> um bad kids. So huh. um anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, according to the Western, I mean, if you if we go with the same idea of the mind that counts, like when you rape, you rape the mind. Um, when you incest, you incest the mind. Then it wouldn't, yeah. If you if it's your daughter's or son's mind, you don't want them to see your O face. Like yeah. you don't want your kid <laughs> to see your O face. You're still like, yeah, you're like, sex is also a connection between the two minds, and you're having that with your parent. Um, 
But like, Still. what if, I mean, like, you know, Delilah and fuck, what is his name? Raven's, Raven's piece. Uh, uh, Riker? Riker. Riker. Sorry. I cannot with these fucking names. Like sometimes we have Delilah and it's like, you know, <laughs> biblical and old. And then we have Delightful. Riker and you're like, what the fuck? Are we comic book? Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Um, but like, what if they looked at each other and were like, and like the Bluetooth is beeping and they just pretend not to know each other. Cause like, damn, the other one is hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's just, let's just pretend, you know, yeah. maybe it's just me. Anyway. <laughs> We can move on if you want to. Apology you, tour? Apology tour. Would you guys, wait, wait. Would you guys prefer to be mind raped or body raped if you're going back to that body? Well, I mean, I still wouldn't, I wouldn't have many memory of it. So, yeah, just do the body. Yeah, I don't want to have to remember that. Again, if I, it's not, there's I no lasting I think I prefer damage. mind raped because I wouldn't want any, like, what if they got you pregnant or gave you something? Again, if there's no lasting damage. But you don't know. Um, it's a... It's a wild card. I mean, then I would mind. I mean, if I, there is a lasting damage and I'm going back to it, then I don't like it. But uh, assuming that's not the case. How about I don't like any of it? <laughs> Unless it's sexy incest. Yes. Sexy incest. <laughs> sexy. Mm. Anyway, you can move us um, along now. On that note, <laughs> sexy incest, um, probably have to apologize for it. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so, um, yeah, apology tour. Um, so I have a thing to say about the this, but um, please let's just talk about it first. Mm-hmm. You go first. I mean, so she apologizes, quote unquote, <laughs> to Raven and Bellamy. Um, and so one thing that they all do when they they're kind of like um, shitting on Clark is <laughs> they they kind of lump together everything that Clark's done, including stuff that she did last season with all the other stuff like Mount Weather and Ton DC and all that other stuff. And it's I like don't, you weren't bitching about Ton DC before. Yeah. I mean the thing is no I get that t- bitch, bitching about each of those but I don't like that they're lumped together. Like I don't think there's a morally equivalent. I don't think those are two types. Like the stuff that she did Clark she, that Clark did last season was entirely motivated by uh, by her um, her care and interest in one person, mm-hmm. um, and so she was willing to sacrifice everything, including old relationships and deep bonds, and hundreds of people and uh, people being tortured. Whatever she was willing to do, all of that for this one person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very different from when she was in charge, and um, she had to decide: Do I let my plan? Um, be revealed to the enemy and the whole war lose the whole war or do i let 200 people die in this town um that's very a very different situation and sure you can say look you you think every time you're making a decision you think you're making the right one but look at your record overall (laughs) uh it seems like people die i get that argument but that's separate from oh you let everyone die because you only cared about one person in the world um, that's a totally different type of thing. It doesn't I track. Know, really I, I don't think it tracks. And especially, like, if you think about it, you know, she's so bad at Clark, but, um, the moment last season where they decide not to let, um, Octavia and Kara drop off those worm things to kill everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Bellamy could have chosen all of one crew, which was hundreds of people, 
over his like four space crew people who were left on Eden and just let them perish with everyone else to save everyone else. But he didn't. He chose not to do that um, because he wanted to protect them. So how is that different from what Clark ended up doing? You know, what, three other people? <laughs> so um, well, they made decisions. Bellamy, I mean, Bellamy has done this before, too. And Be- Bellamy yeah. used to be prone to doing this a lot. And yeah. I, I would say the same thing about that. I mean, um, that's what Bellamy, like Bellamy at the beginning, like season one, at um, first half of season one, um, was a totally different Bellamy than mm-hmm. uh, since then. And the reason is exactly because for the first half of season one, he was just, he was willing to sacrifice everything and everyone um, for Octavia and, you know, yeah. throwing away the radio and all that. Like he knew yeah. these things will, le- will can potentially or reasonably lead to the deaths of hundreds of people. And he was okay with it um, just for this one person. That he happens to be so partial towards, um, that and then he changed, presumably, and he learned not to do that. Mm-hmm. And I took it in season five when he said, "Like, let's go save our friends." He didn't thought he didn't think that that would be at the cost of one crew. Um, but if he did, he knew that. Then I would say the same thing. I mean, sacrificing everyone for one person that you're so uh, irrationally partial towards is mm-hmm. not as forgivable as oh i was in charge and i had this impossible choice either way people would die and uh mm-hmm. i just made one and sorry this is what happened well mm-hmm. they're just um, pissed that's that very clark didn't so. choose them for once like clark has always chosen them clark nearly sacrificed her life to choose them at the end of season four and now they're pissed because like <sighs> one time clark didn't fucking choose them for a reasonable reason that other, as Shaheen has pointed out, at least one other character could yeah. certainly empathize with. And I don't think she would have done that had um, Bellamy not put the chip in Maddie. I mean... Like, I think that was, like... And, and I I had a huge... Like, that that was a red line for Clark and being like, cool, that makes my well, choice it was, easier. It was kind of like, so... Um, I had a huge pro- problem with Clark's arc in season five. I felt like she didn't really have one except for leading up to, you know, it was like 12 episodes of letting Maddie go to war, a 12 year old. <laughs> so, um, but there was, um, some chatter about that was a turning point for Clark when Bellamy did that because up until then, um, Clark was working with him. Like he was part of like her, of who she was trying to protect. And then he went and did that to Maddie. So it was kind of like saying, like, you guys aren't important to me. You know, I have my other people and I'm going to do whatever for these other people. And if that hurts you guys, that's fine. Even though that's not really what Bellamy was saying to the point where Bellamy poisoned his own sister for Clark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Clark didn't know that. Clark didn't see that. Um, so... You know, Bellamy, basically, he made his choice, is I think how Clark saw it, and she was really hurt by it. And so she took Maddie because she's like, well, no one else is going to protect us. All we have is our, each other. Mm-hmm. So we, we'll we have to protect right. ourselves, and we'll so, have to do whatever option we have to protect ourselves, because nobody else will. And so... the bunker is is different what? for me. I mean, um, say what? No, I, I just wanted you to reiterate that. Oh, sorry. 
the her leaving the box. I mean, I I actually wrote down that I don't I forget the exact circumstances of Clark leaving Bellamy, um. But now, as you were talking about it, uh, I was kind of remembering like, okay, so she was kind of in this crisis mode with the whole Maddie situation, mm-hmm. and she ended up running away with Maddie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought that that was such a heinous thing to do. I mean, and and I forget. What what were the chances that she could have saved Bellamy, anyway? Well, right? it was just she was the only person that could have like there there was no one else to help her to do it. So I understood her leaving, and like yeah, I don't think that's so horrendous. No, I didn't um, think so either. And Raven needs to but get her letting fucking the hundreds divorce. of people die yeah. in the gorge, but for one person, I I don't understand that at all. I mean, I don't care what that person means to you. That's just in your head. That's one life. And then there's hundreds of lives. I don't care how biased you are towards this one life. Um, that can't be really the reason for uh, letting all these other people die. Um, I just so I think that's that's just that just makes her a horrible person. Uh, what Clark? Wait, so you so, think Clark's a horrible person? Yeah. yeah. So you're on Raven's side, or you're saying that Raven's pissed off? I'm, I'm not on Raven's side. Raven's side in the sense that I don't think everything Clark has done is equivalent to what she did last season um i think what she did last season makes her a horrible person everything she'd done up to that point is just like man you're like you have very you had a difficult situation and a horrible luck and you and you are also fallible and you made some bad choices and yeah so a lot of people died and but like it's not clear that like anyone else would have done necessarily any better or you know, it, that's very different from, oh, I was so stupid that I cared about this person so much that I forgot about everyone else. And the well, whole humanity, that's the last this remaining of humanity, and you're willing to let all of them die for this one person. I don't get that at all. Yeah, I just, I mean, my beef is, is just, uh, Raven needs to get off her fucking high horse about it. Like, I... She wasn't put in a hard position. Yeah, at all like at Raven is always Monday morning quarterbacking, and like because she kind of conveniently she purposely stays out of head honcho decision making. Like mm-hmm. she, she has, can't handle it. What's that? She can't handle it. Well, she like knows that her strength is the problem solving bit. That she, you know, she is very similar to Monty in that like they come up with the solution and then present it to sort of the group, you know? Um, And so, yeah, like, I just, I don't really get the extended sort of hostility of Raven towards Clark, especially considering, like, all that Clark has done. And then just being, and then Raven being like, well, fuck you, you know, I'm not going to forgive you for this, you know, for this one thing or this, you know, these two things that you may have done, even though, like, it really just boils down to Clark didn't pick you this time. She she did not pick you first, Raven. Um, yeah. And you're Sandy because she used to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Rant. Um, yeah, so um, I agree that Raven hasn't been put in that position. To be fair, we do the same thing. We've talked about this before. Um, we do the same thing. Oh, yeah. I hold we, a fucking uh, grudge. Like, I'm not a good person. No, when we criticize, I don't hold the, any grudges at all. When we when Just we criticize kidding. our leaders or the government, like um, they are dealing with some 
fucking complicated problems that some of which we can't even pronounce. Mm. Um. Anyway, so mm. um, we do the same thing in real life, I think. But it's when you're in the situation, it's it's easy to be Raven. Um. But again, I don't think that um this time is equivalent with collected. This time is equivalent to the previous times. So. Um, if that's what Raven, and so far as that's what Raven, that's what Raven is upset about, then I agree with Raven. Um, okay. But when she lumps it together with Mount Weather and other stuff, that I think is bullshit. Right? Like she saved you at Mount Weather. Damn it! <sighs> you can't give her one I mean, pass. Again, when I she get had criticizing. Like... I even get criticizing Clark for Mount Weather, or for Tandis or whatever. Tandis, but I don't get lumping the two things. I don't get lumping the two things together. I mean, I guess it's just the every bad, every quote unquote bad thing Clark has done, even if it did save everyone, but whatever. Um, Bubs, I actually had a yeah. question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Is it okay, Shaheen, if we move past Raven? Uh huh. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, because I don't have Balark goggles, um, mm-hmm. but you know, clearly we did get a Balark scene. Um, I didn't have issue with it. Um, but it also definitely read very platonic to me. Was there, oh God. was, yeah. was there like, what is, what is your Balark crumbs? So, what are your Balark so, crumbs? Um, yeah. So, um, the first time I saw the scene, I was like, ugh, um, because it was very clear that this was a platonic <laughs> scene and how dare you take it as anything else audience. Um, because, well, First of all, um, when have you known Clark to have a conversation that's going to be so emotional that she's going to tear up in a room full of people she doesn't know? When would Clark do that? Never, right? I, when does Clark she, ever tear up, I guess? Well, yeah. So she, um, <laughs> so they force her to have this conversation with Bellamy where she tears up and then he tears up. And it's in a room full of people <laughs> in broad daylight. Well, listen, how many sets do they have? Like they well, they spent all this money on the pizza parlor, and compared to what they did with Becca later on, which is the same set with dim lights, mm. candle lights. So I did not notice all of that. It was, of course, this I noticed. Why we this. need your and, crumbs? And here's the thing, though, because how dare you think I don't notice when it's romantically toned and romantic tropes being used <laughs> versus when it's not? Like the audience isn't stupid. Cries in this super is different. Corp. What? Yeah. Well, so this, so this is different. Like, this is actually them being like, "Oh, it's bros." Like, yeah. Um, and at the same time, at the same time, I do say that like their chemistry does bleed through, and like Clark pulls Bellamy into this embrace. So there, there were nice moments, and for people in the Bullock fandom who did love this, I get them loving it. They should love it. It was cute. It was warm. Um, but in terms of it being romantically, it was not romantically shot. And it was, it was, it went out of its way to not be romantic to the point where part of it was kind of awkward in a way that Balark has never been awkward. <laughs> and so they really, either they heard all the, the calls of being like, you're baiting us, which is true. If they're going to, compl- they're going to claim that they have built this as not romantic, it is a lie. Especially after season five, when they have Dioza being like the hostage taker and his girlfriend. When we have Octavia being like, um, another traitor you love, comparing her to Echo, his girlfriend. You know, those are things that, like, obviously were meant to be romantic. And, um, and sure, they can skirt the line of being like, well, it's not romantic yet. 
But they, they say things like, no, 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 it's platonic, and that's where we like the most, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> Don't insult the intelligence of your audience. Don't, like, demean people who have been following the story that you've been putting out there. Um, so, anyways, the scene was platonic, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, but at the same time, had more feels and chemistry than whatever shit Becco did later, despite the candlelight. Okay. Boom. I, okay. I will, I, I, I will allow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do want to talk about something about, like, in terms of the platonic stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I do have to say... When I was watching all the scenes that happened in the um, cantina. <laughs> um, we just call it something different every time. The cookie store, the pizza parlor, the cantina, <laughs> the bar, the coffee the shop. The watering hole. <laughs> um, so when I was watching it, I was like, this is a Hallmark movie. I have seen all of the Hallmark movies and this is a Hallmark movie. So I was like, okay, first of all, a small child eats a cookie. Um, while other frolic through the scene. <laughs> um, and then we have, like, Delilah applauded for j- deflowering Jordan, which in Sanctum is called the Walk of Fame. <laughs> and then we have, like, a protag- the pro- protagonist receives a hug from the secondary character whose life-slash-relationship she saved, which both. Um, and then the protagonist's misdirect int- love interest makes an appearance, a.k.a. the good doctor. Someone is lovingly teased about sex, a.k.a. Raven to Jordan. A nameless black character with spirit guide voice taunts Raven with what her heart desires most, which is motorcycles. Where is Santa? I don't know. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then the conflict is introduced between a single white female protagonist and her daughter. <laughs> yes. So check, 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 check. I was just like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it that really was does my take on check all those boxes though. It does, and then the music. The music is that hopeful, like um, piccolo yeah, second act hallmark music. Okay, but speaking um, of music, but no, I liked it. I liked it. Speaking speaking of music, um, uh-huh. <laughs> the knockoff Coldplay in the in the dance party scene um, mm-hmm. at, at the at the club. Like, hasn't Clark suffered enough? Like, she's about to kill this dude after she have you know, with, with her cursed vajay. Like, and now we're, you know, she's been in cryo for a hundred bajillion years and she's killed a bunch of people. Like, really? We have to have knockoff Coldplay? What's knockoff Coldplay? It's it's uh, something where you're like, is this Coldplay? And then you spend 15 minutes trying to search the internet to see if they actually could have afforded Coldplay on this show. And it turns out that they didn't, but you play the song clip that you find anyway and you're like, sounds a lot like Coldplay, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um so <laughs> um let's talk about Echo. Okay. Uh, and then we'll talk about Clark's locked in syndrome and then wrap it up. Okay. How about that? Uh, I still have to talk about oh well I have to talk about Lindsay. I mean Raven and her And her man. Interlude, yeah. Which is what I call uh, the Harlequin romance novel starring oh, Raven Reyes. I'm sorry. I mean, you don't have to talk about anything. But, uh, <laughs> well, no, movie that's the fuck that's me saying I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. So you want to do that real quick then so we can? Yeah. Okay. So sure, the Harlequin yeah, romance novel starring Raven Reyes. Uh-huh. Meet Riker, Hottie McAvati. He writes motorcycles, but is also a billionaire prince. Wait, literally. where are these in your notes? Are you reading this from somewhere else? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm literally reading them from the notes. <laughs> Raven isn't a normal girl. Her only female friendships are other cool guys' girls, and she is sick with computers and mechanics. (laughs) Her arch nemesis is the homecoming queen Clark, who, according to Raven, is fake nice. 
Um, Riker, oh no, he's a douche bro. <laughs> um, which I thought was a really weird when he, when you first meet him, you're like, oh yeah, cool. He's you know he's into mechanics like Raven. But then no, he's um, secretly a prince, but he rejects all that. Well, but like at the same time though, when I first watched it, I thought it was it was completely an example of um the um the host versus the chip person. But like I was less clear about that going on, but like the on, on first watching, the person who Raven meets first and who invites her to work on her motorcycle and they're talking, like, he was kind of nice. Like, he, he's like, I hate all this. I hate all this whatever pomp and circumstance. And um, not you. You can stay. Um, so he was all nice. And he's like, I'll be right back. And then he goes. And then suddenly he's wearing, like, his tux thing. And he's like, yeah, well, clean yourself up. I'll get you on the list. And then it seemed like to me such a, like, a difference between like the person she met at the beginning versus like who he was when he walked away so it made me wonder if that was like a hint of like we're seeing what the chip actually does and whether it actually suppresses the host and so i don't know i i kind of just read it as we're supposed to be like he's also a prince like i feel like you're reading it super deep and i'm just like no i don't think I, i don't think it's that deep yeah, but I thought there was, like, enough of a difference from the first part to the second part to be, like, maybe it's saying something, but maybe it's not. So, I guess we'll find out. Uh, on, on Raven Reyes, Harlequin romance. Yeah. Basically. Extravaganza. Cool. Cool, yeah. cool. Sorry, Shaheen. <laughs> All right. Um, Echo. Um, so, I I guess everyone kind of feels <laughs> this was kind of out of place. I mean, I what's the whole thing about, like, Bellamy complaining that Echo was being stoic? I, is that what he was complaining about? I think that they were just looking for a scene for them because, like, I don't mind finding out about Echo backstory, um, but yeah. this this whole thing was very clunky for like Bellamy to be like, yeah. "Man, last time I was at a party, my girlfriend got kidnapped." I was like, "Motherfucker, that was like ten years ago." No, that was Octavia. <laughs> I like the Octavia fact that, got that taken. That's the oh, sorry, sorry, Octavia. Sorry, I, I got a little little wrapped up in incest, the incest again. My bad. Just <laughs> Into that incest trap. Um, Not no, that we sorry. have it written. Octavia, Octavia getting getting you know taken you know at the party or whatever. But I'm just like, dude, like, calm the fuck down. It's a fucking party, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of like you're too you're too old. You're too old for this. <laughs> but instead, we do need to have them have a conversation so that then Echo can be sad about shit. And I'm just like, the, the only thing that was interesting about that whole conversation was that she was taken to Detroit, which makes me think that it's Detroit, which is confusing because I thought that Asgato was further north as opposed to Yeah, but to you know west? whose hometown is Detroit? Who? Jason's. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but wait, but when, when, what Bellamy said about the last time he was at a party, I thought that was separate from the, what she, then he then said to uh, Echo because well, he started complaining to her that like she's like he was like the Echo I knew on on the ring would show emotion or something, right? Is that what he was saying? Yeah. What is that about? I mean, it's it's as not far about as I anything. Remember, Echo Echo never showed any emotion. Exactly. Echo so, is always stoic. Exactly. So um, what we so saw we're from- supposed to believe that in the meantime, <laughs> there was a time when Echo was not stoic, um, and we never saw it. But Bellamy is complaining about that. It's a retcon. 
Because we we saw the like the one clip of the ring where Echo was guess what stoic, and we saw her um, when she first came to Earth, which she was guess what stoic. Which that's fine. And, that's fine. She can be stoic. She can be stoic. Yeah. But now, as we've seen, you know, remember the line I hated so much in the first episode where where Echo goes, "Oh, easy." She did the right decision in the end, like in this like annoying baby voice. And you're just like, what? So like now we're supposed to believe that Echo was this completely different person on the ring, even though everything we've seen dis- like counteracts that theory or that um, postulate. I don't even know what the right word is. Um, so it is like such a retcon. And not only that, how the fuck does Bellamy not know this story already? What the fuck is the rela- relationship based on? They just what? bang, bubs. All what they do. Is it? All they do is fuck. They don't talk uh, at all. They just no, bang I mean, yeah. all the time. Bellamy just needed a place oh, to put his penis. Maybe maybe Echo's vagina need- needed some filling. You never know. Like it's, I mean, it's I a don't mutually think that beneficial. They love if it. If anyone made the they decision, have such it was sexual Bellamy. chemistry. No, <laughs> you're just trying to taunt me because like the chemistry between them is so bad. It is so bad. And I feel like that makes it clunkier, maybe. Um, I just like, I don't know why we're here. And like what, what, what I hate about it is like they had to make Bellamy look like an asshole to get this conversation rolling. Um, and, and the thing is like the things that he brings up, um, so they literally made his pain surrounding the last dance he attended on the Ark, um, where his sister was captured and his mother was killed, about Echo. They literally made Bellamy's pain about Harper and Monty's death about Echo. And they literally made Bellamy leaving Octavia behind about Echo. And so my biggest complaint is not about Echo. Um, my biggest complaint that as a result of Becco, Bellamy's character is just being used to prop up Echo's character, but then they don't actually really do anything with Echo. And so, like, as somebody who loved Bellamy, it's so infuriating and it's so confusing why they would do this with their lead character. And, like, the thing is, like, can I ask you guys, if they removed Echo from the season, what would change? I mean, I wouldn't get whatever flashback I've been promised. Well, wait, which season? The new season? This this season. Oh yeah, no, I I was promised an echo flashback, so I guess I wouldn't get that. But so far, nothing. But in terms of in terms of the story, right now, so far, probably nothing. Okay, Shaheen. Yeah, she hasn't done much. She hasn't done much. Yeah, but has anyone done much? <laughs> I mean, has Raven done much? What is Wee! what is Raven? No, I feel like the Raven. You could say the same thing, but at the same time, Raven has skills that she brings to it that like. Maybe Jordan could maybe bring to it too, but really, like nobody else. I mean, they might have to get stabby, and 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 Octavia might not be available. Octavia can do stabs. I'm saying if Clark Octavia can do stabs is busy now, hanging out with Deosa. Maddie can do stabs now. <laughs> Miller can do stabs now. Bellamy can do stabs now. Even Murphy, who like kept everyone at bay, can do stabs now. You know so, who else? Amori know, can clearly do stabs. Amori stab. can do stabs now. It's like it's not a very specialized skill. <laughs> And so, like, I am just so confused why the writers keep forcing this <laughs> because it's not working. And, like, when I go back to saying, like, what Dioza is doing and how I think that's what Echo is meant to do, and they didn't do that with her. So now we have, like, 
basically what they to did the to Harper people. last season. Well, no, it's basically what they did to Harper last season. They gave her mermaid waves and just chiming in things to say. <laughs> and like in like one scene with with Monty where she's like, yeah, no, I'd stand by you if you were just a farmer, <laughs> which is like basically what this is. <laughs> I'm mean, like, yes, no, I, I was, like, more open. I feel myself closing, despite the fact that everything that you've seen on screen says that this is a bullshit conversation. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just really So, bad. as as an Echo stan, like, I, I, too, am dissatisfied with sort of what they, what they're doing with her. And then, yeah, and then they give her some, like, some, and, and like, like, I want the Echo pointed this story. out. But I, well, yeah, but, but it we doesn't just have got to, it. But, but right we, here we was just not, got it. but it it was not good. Well, yeah, but you just got it. That's your backstory. Mm. Do, are you happy we wasted screen time on this? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, the thing is, what has Bellamy done? It's so bad. Like, he's done nothing. Look, his, he's annoying. His he leg snipes hurts. at his sister. His leg hurts. Yeah, but he, that's Bob. They have, to, they have to put him in a chair all the time. Yeah, so but like, they're going to hang out at the coffee shop. And every rest. time, yeah, exactly. And every time I give a criticism, I can, like, I'll provide a way they could have fixed this. And, like, Echo could have had this conversation with somebody else. So it wouldn't have, like, been confusing made as her to- relationship with Bellamy, Nell, and Boyd. Because what the fuck is it based on? Nothing. Um, And so, like, she could have said this to something else. To someone else. I support it. Jordan. I don't know. <laughs> He's too busy anybody. dying. Literally anybody. <laughs> too busy dying. Sorry, we got off topic. Shaheen, sorry. Rang Are me. you catharsized, folks? Oh, the Are last thing I wanted to <laughs> they literally gave her a generic Black Widow backstory <laughs> to explain why she has no emotions. Um, so, yeah. Now, now you've catharsized. Wait, what's the Black Widow story? It's that she um, became she orphaned mom, and was right? taken to be raised as like part of a secret um, Black Widow from, from the Marvel from from the Marvel yeah. comic series. I yeah, see. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So Clark's uh, uh, transmutation. Josephine. Mutation. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about that. I mean, um, uh, oh well. Let me wrap it up. Clark's cursed vagina. Footnote, blah, blah, blah. Dude was going to die. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I feel like I, I mean, I'm curious to see what Eliza Taylor does with this. Um, Cause yeah, I think, I think that at least this part of like the visual and sort of like, you know, watching experience, I think will be entertaining. Oh, it's going to be great. I feel like it's going to be great. Yeah. And like one of the things that somebody pointed out to me was um I'm so impressed with Eliza Taylor this season and her acting and um portions of last season but when she really like when she really shut down it was really hard to appreciate her acting because I feel like the point of it was being shut down but even if that's good acting like the whole point of like even just like minute facial expressions is to understand what the character is feeling and as a result, I, I think of the direction she was given, it was impossible to really know what she was feeling. And it was really frustrating. And it, it just like there were moments where I'm like, is she even a good actress? Like, I don't even know anymore. But like this season has just like has made me feel like so proud of her as an actress because she's been like so great. Like her conversations with Murphy where she gets all like riled up. Yeah. Are amazing. She's and, not like, having his bullshit. Yeah, and like in the the scene when she becomes Josephine was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm excited about this, and I'm excited that like, um, if if Clark is still in there, um, and Josephine gets to like pick out the little pieces of Clark that she can sense with her chippy thing, um, it would be interesting if she emoted all the things that Clark kept in, and really just kind <laughs> of like let it out because you know Josephine's very much like an extrovert and putting it all out there from what we've seen. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if Clark was pushed into that basically hmm. with her her little memories and thoughts. That could yeah. Um what do you think, Shaheen? Alright. Um I just thought that the uh, when she was paralyzed, it was kind of like a locked in syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, it was terrifying because yeah. <laughs> I mean not only was she paralyzed, she had to watch a guy slit his throat and then people debated murdering her. In a room full of skeletons. <laughs> and right, then, like, why is there a this... room full of skeletons? Like, <laughs> I, I hope we're going to get an answer to that. I feel like to study anatomy, you really don't need that many skeletons. You don't. Unless you're doing yeah. something very wrong. I feel like they're creating bodies. I don't or, know. like, you keep like the body of the prime. I know, right? Like, this is either Westworld or, or Altered Carbon, one of these. Yeah. Both. Yeah, anyway. And then, so, yeah. But let's just um talk quickly about this whole brink of mortality thing Mm -hmm. um what is that about so are they running out of prime yeah the way that i kind of guessed how this is working is that yeah they're the night blood is so recessive um that like it's it's they don't have enough um influx of it like they're not they're not night bloods are not being born fast enough or reliably enough. Because, like, everyone was a, you know, everyone was a Nightblood back, you know, back before when they came to the planet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you know, it's recessive. So, you know, more kids were born without it. More kids were born without it. Sometimes one gets born with it. But, yeah, I think I think basically what it was is they have not had enough Nightbloods either to get old enough or, you know, to survive being implanted or that there simply aren't enough being born. Yeah, they said something about 21 being the age of implantation, but I didn't understand that because I thought Rose was also going to be implanted and she's obviously not 21. I don't think, I don't think during this, this ceremony, I think that she was going to be Josephine someday. And so she's very valuable. Oh, okay. Like that, they want, that's what they were saying. Like they were waiting on Rose. Rose was going to be it. And then, you know, otherwise it's going to be way, way, way longer. Got it. Yeah, it was a little confusing because at first I thought, a bunch of primes are gonna be named, um, but then it was just Delilah. Yeah, I think um, it's so just they get named on different days. Um, yeah, whenever they're twenty-one. I think it's whenever there's they're twenty-one and whichever prime is next in line. So theoretically, yeah. I don't think necessarily that all of the primes exist at one time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Um. All right. Um. Well, actually, Petty Dickery. Sure. Um, you want to go, Joe? Yeah. So uh, I put his note as Dr. Dude. What was his name again? Killian? Cillian? <laughs> Cillian? Killian? Whatever. That dude. Um, you know, so him slitting his own throat, he only succeeded in maybe like cutting open his trachea. Like he definitely did not get either artery. Didn't cut deep. Yeah. It was not deep and it was not wide not enough. Crotted. Like it was just really like just under his jaw. So... Uh, he he's would, not a good doctor. He is not a good doctor. Again, worse than Abby, which is saying a lot. Sad. The bar is so low. 
I mean, may, I, like this his guy has no equipment. Like his hand he, even looks. He visits clean. you in the in the corner of the hallway. I mean, I'm just. It was just. It was just bad. Anyway, so that that was my will. Actually, he bumps? would he would just have given himself like a really bad cough and sore throat. Yeah. Um, How about you, Buffs? Oh, my will actually was so you know when they're dancing and um. It looks like Bellamy's smiling at Clark dancing with um, Cillian, Mm -hmm. the good doctor. And then, like, but when Echo comes, he looks all, like, grumpy looking at Clark dancing. But I thought it was, like, they were trying to say, like, he's happy about it. But when I was, like, because I watched this episode, like, six times, um, the scene they use um, of Bellamy smiling on, if you actually, like, pay attention, is a clip of, um, that they put in between Clark dancing. Um, is actually Jordan and Delilah dancing, and Bellamy's looking at them and smiling. And actually, when it's Clark and the other guy, he's actually frowning. So I wonder if they put that in there because they're like, well, maybe we'll like another crumb in case we decide to go there. <laughs> um, but like, Bellamy definitely is looking grumpy at Clark and the doctor um, dancing. And then when Echo comes up, he sees her and he he looks at Echo, then he looks back at Clark. Um, and then he, like, looks back at Echo, like, shakes his head, like, you know, like, to get that thought out of his head, and then they have their conversation where he gets, like, all grumpy and pissy. And I was always, and it was just like, you know, if they actually were gonna do Blark, that'd be, like, a really great, like, clue, and then maybe that's why he's pissy and he takes it out on Echo. Um, but... But we're, but we're in the totally petty dickery section, so that's... My, well, no, but the petty dickery <laughs> is that they try to trick the audience into thinking the clip that was meant to be Jordan... And um, Delilah, um, with um, they used for Clark and the Doctor, even though the editing was not clean enough to make that not apparent. <laughs> Eagle-eyed Bellark crumbs. Yep. <laughs> I mean, canon though, canon though. They, I, I'm sure the show would argue that canon Bellamy was happy for them, even though that's not what the clip was taken as. Whatever. I kind of hope. Petty Dickery. I kind of hope that we sort of get a little bit more meat to these episodes because I do kind of feel bad. We're just kind of like giving sort of overview and wild speculation as opposed to like, you know, debates over sort of characters' decisions. Does that make sense? Well, they haven't decided anything I know. Yeah, like exactly. Like I'm hoping that we get some decisions again. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I want. Okay, sorry, Shaheen. Do you have petty dicks? No worries. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just have... I just thought that this there's no fucking way um Dioza's baby would have survived. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> but apparently we draw the line at killing infants, I guess, on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um that's it. Other thoughts? Um, yes. And this is the the thing that I discussed with people after our last pod. For example, um this is from last episode, but um, this is kind of a thing that happens throughout the seasons, which is annoying. And it, it for ex- so the best example of this is so you know when Octavia gets kicked out, um, and it's because she apparently attacked without asking questions, etc., etc., etc. In like scenes before that, Dioza fired a knife into the leaves. You know, shooting in, um, first and asking questions later um, to this group of people. So she made the first attack without knowing what was going on. Um, and so it was very weird that then she turns around to Octavia being like, why would you do that? They were retreating. 
when she fired at them, not knowing if they were like coming up to her asking for like a cup of sugar. So, <laughs> so people feel... being fucking hypocrites at Octavia again. Well, no, just people being fucking hypocrites in general. And this is something, I mean, that was a mistake on the show's writing. And I will stand by that. And they've done this before in terms of, like, when they they presented um, Lexa as, like, this fair ruler who whatever. Then they have her, like, kicking someone off the tower to be a badass. You know? They had Diosa do this to be a badass. They had Echo um, slit the throat of a politician or a, an ambassador to be a badass. But all of those things were really bad in terms of like what they, the commentary that the show, um, employed with all the other characters. And so there's this like unfair thing that it does sometimes to highlight a character as a quote unquote badass, which is really annoying. Um, and it just, like, yeah. it doesn't add up to the story overall and what they say about other characters and their actions. And we talked about earlier about, like, Clark and, like, in terms of, like, her actions being bad or not bad. Um, the standards that some characters are held to is just not equivalent to, like, what other characters are allowed to do and not have, not be questioned for it. And that's kind of not cool. Yeah. It's messy. I agree. Um, Yeah. I think the I, I agree with you that there's some of it is just um when they were writing it they didn't realize that this is a very similar parallel. <laughs> uh like I always thought that uh Lexa kicking the guy uh off the window was pretty equivalent to um Pike killing Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um both of them are getting rid of someone who's causing trouble mm-hmm. by disagreeing with your uh draconian rule Mm -hmm. and so uh but one one was portrayed as as this badass moment and the other one was this really tragic moment that made everyone hate the guy even more yeah so um yeah no i agree (laughs) or false inequivalence yes okay Uh... (laughs) all right so tv shows movies books games other media to recommend um i'm just gonna um, keep Joe? keep keep harping on gentleman jack um it just keeps getting better it just got renewed for the set for a second season um yay yay can we do that can we recommend the same show i am i often <laughs> yeah. forget whether or not i've recommended something um <laughs> so uh so there's probably have been repeats i also haven't seen anything else lately like that i haven't talked about so yeah sorry because i mean i would like to- no you recommended harmontown for like 14 weeks so <laughs> harman quest whatever first of all. whatever no i i recommended it twice and the second time was because you guys asked you guys mm. requested mm. that i recommend it mm. God, i do not need your pun bullshit requested um um so i've been watching lucifer um which i knew a lot of people were super into um but i feel like i tried to watch it a few times and i like didn't get into it but finally um i played it enough until i like got into it and it definitely i do really like the characters um joe and i always talk about shows that are cozy and i would say that the show is very cozy um i my one complaint though is that several of the characters are spoken of as bisexual but they don't actually show it and i feel like in an obnoxious way where you like see people in bed but they don't like no one ever kisses the opposite sex actually and i feel like that's kind of like it's a little past time to do that 
Um, but apart from that, opposite sex or same sex? I mean, same sex. Sorry, Got that's it. what I meant. I was like, yeah, yeah. huh? You're like, fine. They're not kissing the opposite sex. Great, yay! <laughs> no icky cooties for me. <laughs> um, but no, but yeah, that that's my one complaint. But apart from that, it's like a cozy show. The characters are really fun. Um, it's procedural, but it's like it's fun. There was like one of my favorite episodes was when one of the characters watched all of Bones. <laughs> And then went on a case where all he talked about was Bones and how he was Bones and his partner was um, Booth. <laughs> and I was like, that's so meta for TV. <laughs> that sounds adorable. It was really adorable. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. But, but keep my warning in because I, I, was, I was annoyed by that. The, the, the lack of gay kissing. Yeah. That's well, because it's just, it felt like such a, like, not even a cop out. I don't know what the word is, but it was, it made me feel icky. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched RoboCop 2014. <laughs> the, Not what I was expecting from you, Shaheen, but go on. <laughs> the, the remake of RoboCop, which is I think is a great movie. I grew up watching it. Um I I don't I'm not really exactly like this is not like a very um glaring recommendation, but um the <laughs> It was okay, and but there was actually like a scene at the beginning that that was pretty offensive. Um, there was like a scene in Tehran, mm-hmm. and they were showing all these robots uh, that America sent to quote pacify Iranians, um, and so yeah, yeah, and they were and they were like they were saying like they were bringing people, uh, they were telling people to come out of their houses and stand in front of it, and they were like being like scanned or whatever so anyway um but it's um i actually don't remember too much of the uh the original robocop is that that's not 90s right that's 80s yes that we did talk we mentioned clueless which is always our like 87 yeah Yeah. you know Um, our reliable 90s movie reference i meant to talk about she's all that but then we skipped it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we'll just that'll work for our retro Throwback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, um, can I recommend a book? Yeah. Bold of you to assume our audience knows how to read, but... <sighs> Some do. So, um... Not the Becco fans. The... Just kidding. I love hey. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. Uh, this is actually a book that a dear friend of mine got me. Um, and he is himself like a um, freaking genius and he's kind of like a savant type. I mean, he's not, he's smart in everything, but like he's kind of, uh, looks kind of autistic. He looks <laughs> or he acts? Acts, not looks, okay. yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> and so anyway, he got me this book he, uh, and he thought that the um, main, the main character reminded him of me. Was that a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's from one autistic to another. <laughs> yeah, and so the funny thing is, the main the the book is narrated narrated from the perspective of the main character, and the main character is this uh, apparently fifteen year old boy who's kind of autistic, autistic. or something, um, and it's super funny. Um, it's it's kind of like a murder mystery, like a dog gets murdered, but he goes. Uh, he goes through a bunch of like his thoughts and uh, all the stuff that he sprinkles in between. It's super funny. So, um, can I read like a little part of this? Yes, I have Where this book, but I never ended up reading it. But I've always meant to. 
So this says, this will not be a funny book. I cannot tell jokes because I do not understand them. Here's a joke as an example. It is one of father's. His face was drawn, but the curtains were real. (laughs) (laughs) I know why this is meant to be funny. I asked. It is because drawn has three meanings, and they are one, drawn with a pencil, two, exhausted, and three, pulled across a window. And meaning one refers to both the face and the curtains, meaning two refers only to the face, and meaning three refers only to the curtains. If I try to say the joke to myself, making the word mean the three different things at the same time, it is like hearing three different pieces of music at the same time which is uncomfortable and confusing and not nice like white noise. It is is like three people trying to talk to you at the same time about different things. And that is why there are no jokes in this book. (laughs) So he's autistic. The the beginning of the quote, actually, where where he's talking about the meaning of, of why the joke could be funny um, reminds uh, me, it's a, it's a, it's a quote by E.B. White saying, uh, explaining a joke is like dissecting a frog. You understand it better, but the frog dies in the process. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. love that so much. <laughs> anyway, um, that sounds like a delightful book though. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, I feel like, um, The Martian was probably really fun for people, um, with autism because it was just like a lot of facts, but the facts were exciting. Uh. <laughs> yeah this is, has a lot of those too it talks about um the older's paradox uh-huh. um you know older's paradox i do not know it older's paradox is why is the why is the night sky dark if you think about it that it shouldn't be dark because there's infinitely many stars in every direction and they should they should just be bright all the time anyway look this up <laughs> um <laughs> anything else uh no looking forward to to next week i guess yeah, uh, hopefully there's, like you said, more twists than what we already predicted. Well, Jason's um, hyping it up super, and this is, after next episode, there's like a two-week hiatus, I, be, I, I believe. Uh-huh. So, hopefully it's good enough to carry us through. How many episodes is this season supposed 13. to be? 13. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> well, um, next week we'll be talking about the 100 season 6 episode 5. Uh, and again, uh, tweet us, yell at us, um, maybe geek again. Um, and that's it. Maybe geek again, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.